All right, here we are doing another episode of A Pastor's Perspective. Uh, For those of you who listen, I apologize that I took a couple of weeks off uh, with the holidays and everything else going on. And then um, I'll be honest with you, I recorded uh, an episode uh, yesterday that I'd meant to already have up by now. But as I was recording it, halfway through, uh, my recorder shut off unbeknownst to me. And then uh, I went to listen back to try to just add on to the end of it. And uh, there were a lot of clicks, a lot of noises that I was unsure of. And so I'll have to go back and record that one another day. It was about Scripture and how how Scripture is the Word of God and how uh, it is what we depend on to hear from God. And anything else other than that is sketchy at best if not downright uh, misspeaking for God. But um, I don't have my notes with me. I'm driving down the road. And so we're not going to look at that in this episode. What I want to talk about here is something that I I touched on on a sermon this past Sunday that I just kind of like to, just to kind of dwell on a little bit. So often in current Christianity and books and conferences and a lot of churches, there's a focus on how great we are uh, as people, as, as humans, as Christians. Uh, we are told that we are beautiful, that we are talented, that we are gifted, that we are great and we are awesome. And uh, because we are so great, uh, that's why God would choose to use us because of just your stars in the sky, you're a firecracker, whatever. And all that is incredibly encouraging. It is incredibly positive. But I think it misses uh, or lacks a biblical narrative. Here's why I say that. The picture that the Bible paints of humanity, especially apart from Christ, is not a pretty picture. We are told that uh, our heart is it lies to us. Uh, we are told that we are we are sinful, that we have missed God's standard, that there is none righteous, no, not one, that all have fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, we are all sinners. And because of our sin, what we deserve is hell and judgment and wrath. Now, I understand that even as sinners, you can talk to someone, they can have an awesome personality, or they can be a great thinker, or they can be super creative. But the role of the church is not to uh, be positive affirmation. The role of the church is not to be Stuart Smalley from SNL and say you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. The role of the church is to first glorify God, but also to impact people by, one, getting them to see that though they might be super gifted, in God's eyes, we're sinners. In God's eyes, we're not super awesome people who do great things. In God's eyes, we are a fallen people. We are a lost people who need, desperately need help, who desperately need a Savior, who desperately need someone to to save us and come alongside us and pick us up and, and more than just dust us off, to give us life and to, to create us as, as new people or as new beings. And so when you go somewhere and all you hear is positive affirmation, especially if there are people in the room who don't know Jesus and it's not filtered through the gospel, it's not filtered through a biblical standard or a biblical worldview, then you create this 
perspective on life that is that is just untrue. Because the biblical perspective is that you are a sinner uh, and you need a Savior. And so what God wants, first I say wants because God doesn't need anything. God does not need us. God does not... Uh, is not dependent on us. God could accomplish his, his plans and His will and His desires with or without us. So what God wants and how God wants to use us is that God wants God wants to impact the world with the truth of Jesus Christ. God wants to impact the world with the truth that Jesus Christ, He came, He lived, he died to pay the penalty of death uh, for those who would believe in him. And he wants us to take that message, that gospel, that truth out to other people. And you cannot do that by telling everyone that they're awesome. In fact, one of the key parts of the gospel that sadly is often overlooked and often edited out, especially out of churches that are more concerned with entertaining or not offending uh, or being relevant. One of the truths that that gets edited out that, that, that is imperative to the gospel is understanding that we're not awesome, is understanding that we are sinful, and understanding that our sin has placed us at odds with God, and understanding that our sin has bought us judgment and wrath and hell. And understanding that apart from the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ, we only have one end result, and that is death and hell. Now you can use whatever language you want to present that. You can show that very hellfire brimstone or very compassionately uh, as you talk to people. But the starting point, the starting point of the gospel is God. But for us and who we are, the starting point of the gospel is not how great we are. It's not how awesome we are. It's how broken we are. And it's how needy we are. And it's how shameful we are. And it's how sinful we are. And it's recognizing that, that in that shame and in that sin and in that guilt and in that brokenness, that there is a God who's loved us and there's a God who loved us enough to send his son to die for us. So what God wants is not for us to, to think that we are these just great super beings, these great uh, superhumans who are awesome and incredible. God wants us to understand that, that we are broken and dependent. And that is not to mean that God wants to beat us over the head. That is not to mean that God is mean or that God just wants to put us in a pity party or knock down our self-esteem. God's desire is that we would understand that apart from Him, we're nothing. Apart from Him, we are lacking. Apart from Him, we are broken. Apart from Him, we are destined for destruction. And God wants us to understand that He doesn't need us to go out and be great. He needs us or wants us to go out as people who have been changed by His gospel changed by his love, changed by his sacrifice of sending his son to die for us, to to fulfill his wrath, uh, to fulfill his righteous wrath and judgment. God wants us not to go out as, as awesome people in and of ourselves who can do great things or be great people. 
God wants us to go out as people who have been changed by the gospel, people who have been changed by his love, people who have been impacted by God and his greatness, then as we go out changed, as we go out in this way of uh, having been changed by God, having an experience with God, having a relationship with God, then we go out empowered by the Holy Spirit. We go out uh, proclaiming uh, truth, objective truth. We go out proclaiming uh, living truth uh, with our lives, with our words, with, with every ounce of who we are. And so we go out not just saying, hey, look at how great or talented or beautiful I am, uh, but hey, look at how great and beautiful our God is. And then in doing that, God uses our gifts. God uses our talents. God gifts us with different gifts and different talents and different abilities and different characteristics to, to be used in different ways. Scripture is, is evidently clear about that. But the focus there is always the one who is empowering, empowering, the one who is giving the gifts. Uh, the gifts are not used for our glory, but for His. The gifts are not used for our building up and edification, but for the church and for impacting the lost. Uh, our gifts are not used for us. They are used uh, to worship God and to serve others. And so when you hear people who honestly are probably not striving to, to, to say anything unbiblical, their, their heart's goal is, is probably encouragement, but encouragement that isn't biblically based, especially when it's supposed to be Christian encouragement, it lacks the Christian part. It, it, it lacks the part that is, that is based in truth. And so it's not as much Christian encouragement as it is just kind of self-help, uh, motivational words or speech. And not that that's the worst thing in the world, but if we want to be encouraged as Christians... We're not encouraged by how great we are. We're encouraged by how great God is. And in fact, the closer you get to God and His holiness and His perfection, the more you are made aware of your sinfulness and your imperfection. Not because God, once again, wants to beat us up, but anytime something comes closer to the light, you can see whatever imperfections it has. If you have a bedroom that is uh, dirty or cluttered, if the lights are off, you don't see it. Or a kitchen where the dishes aren't clean, the lights are off, you don't see it. Uh, you have maybe a flashlight. You can see bits and pieces here and there, but you don't see the whole thing, so you can convince yourself that it's not as bad as it as it is. You turn on some lights dimly, and then maybe you see some dishes, but not all the dirt. And so, But it, the, the brighter the room gets, the more the light comes on, the closer or the, the more the light comes on, then the more you're made aware of, of the dirtiness of the room. In the same way, the closer we get to God who is light, who is perfection, who is holy, the more we are going to be made aware just by just kind of naturally, not necessarily because God has to put his finger on things. He does do that. Uh, all the time, because God's desire is to sanctify us. God's desire is for us to live holy. God's desire is for us to be confessing and repenting of our sin and drawing closer to Him. But just by the, the, the nature of who He is and who we are, if we draw, as we draw near to God, hopefully not if, but as, as we draw near to God, as we draw closer to His holiness, we will be made aware of our own sinfulness even greater. But the great thing is, God does not make us aware of our sinfulness, then go tell us to sit in the corner and think about what we've done. As we are made aware of our sinfulness, God offers grace. 
and He offers love, and He offers mercy, and He offers forgiveness, and He offers restoration, and He offers redemption. And so, so when we are made more aware of our sinfulness, God is always there to forgive us. God is always there to help us, to strengthen us, to change us, to sanctify us. And so the message of the Bible is not, hey, you're awesome. The message of the Bible is, hey, God is awesome. Uh, And in God's awesomeness, He offers you something greater than you would ever find anywhere else. Uh, Love, forgiveness, redemption, grace through His Son. That is the offer of the Bible, the offer offer of Scripture. So hopefully this has been an encouragement. Pass it along. uh, Put it on your Facebook page. Email it to people. Strap it to... Carrier pigeon. Uh, just uh, if this is something that you enjoyed that has, has benefited you or encouraged you in any way, uh, please share it and just pass it along. Uh, until next week, y'all have a good day. Goodbye.